The word of Christ from the Gospel of Matthew. And when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you'll find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Father, we thank you for your holy and precious word. We pray that you administer to us. As we hear your word, may we hear from you. Holy Spirit, would you please move among us? Would you please conform us to the image of Jesus? Make us like him. We pray in his name. Amen. The entirety of the life of Jesus has been on a trajectory toward Holy Week. Matthew tells us in no uncertain words that the triumphal entry of Palm Sunday is reminiscent to the arrival of the Magi after the Nativity. In chapter 2, Herod and all Jerusalem with him had been troubled and filled with angst. Now, again, the whole city filled with crowds of Passover pilgrims, is stirred up in turmoil. Who is this? What is happening as Jesus enters the city of kings is not only the fulfillment of ancient prophecy, it is also the fulfillment of Advent. Why was Jesus born? To suffer, die, and be resurrected, and so to set his people free, and ultimately to put the whole broken world back together. Why had Jesus come? To usher in the kingdom of heaven on earth, and take up his throne as the victorious, exalted, and rightful king of both heaven and earth. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Five centuries prior, 
The prophet Zechariah declared, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous, and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Five centuries prior to that, King David, the greatest king in all of Israel's history, had proclaimed the coming arrival of the great king. Lift up your heads, O gates. Be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? Not David. The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates. Lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts, Yahweh of heaven's armies. He is the King of glory. And about His arrival, His entrance, just a few decades after Zechariah, the prophet Malachi had both warned and promised. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he's like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. Again, warning and promise. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver, and they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. So again, why had Jesus come, and why was he born? He was born... For this day, this week, he came to enter the temple, to purify it. He'd come to take up his throne as king. And in doing so, he would both win the hearts of his people, but also cleanse the hearts of his people. Because that is precisely the place of our need, deep within the heart. He follows us out into the wilderness, pursuing us to bring us back home. He pursues our wandering hearts. But there's only one way Only one way through to those ends. Only one way back home. On the cusp of his death, Moses had promised Israel, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from among your brothers. It is to him that you shall listen. You remember the father's words 
on the Mount of Transfiguration listened to him. Moses spoke not of Joshua, his assistant, who would lead the tribes of Israel into the promised land, but no, he spoke of another, the Messiah, who would lead all the tribes of humanity into the promise of the Father. Then on the cusp of his own death, Joshua had warned Israel, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. The Hebrews writer underscores it. It is appointed to man once to die. The only way through is the way of all the earth. The way of death. And so Ash Wednesday casts its long shadow all the way forward to the cross. And the wooden cross casts its long shadow all the way backward over all the life of Jesus, all the way to a wooden feeding trough at the Nativity. Channeling the prophet Isaiah, the Apostle Peter declared, All flesh is like grass. And all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers. The flower falls. But the word of the Lord remains forever. And so now. As history's meaning. Finds its focal point. The lily of the valley, Yeshua, Joshua, our brother, he follows humanity in the way of all the earth. He pursues you to the very end because that is the only way through, the only way out of the wilderness. But Jesus is no passive participant in the events of Holy Week. This week, particularly his betrayal, his suffering, his death, and his burial... They're not simply events that will be done to him. They are events that he will march directly and intentionally toward himself. As Lord of all, he is in complete control, orchestrating these events with the Father, in the Spirit, even as they are unfolding. The work of redemption goes all the way to the cross and beyond. And so as you see the subsequent passages in chapter 
21. Jesus storms into the temple and clears it of unrighteousness. He'll turn over tables if he must. And so must he do to the temple of our hearts. All unrighteousness must flee. He curses the fig tree because of its unfruitfulness. And so is his intention for us if we refuse to bear the Spirit's fruit of righteousness. Our King has come. And he means business. And so who is this? The crowds respond, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. The one has broken in to time and space. And he's from this nondescript town and this backwards community. But he's come to set us free. And with unwavering determination, he sets his face like flint. He is bound and determined to bind himself so to our humanity that he will die as we must and be raised so that we too will be raised like him. There is only one way for us to be remade like him. He is first made like us. All the way to the end. Every bit of it. Which is precisely how he loved his own. All the way to the end, all the way to death, even the death of a cross. There is no Easter apart from Good Friday because what God offers us is not just life after death. But he offers us victory over even death. Easter is not the denial of death. It is the defeat of death. And there's only one way. Only one way through. He goes the way of all the earth. He gives himself completely. So that he can give himself 
completely. Good Friday is connected to Advent, but Good Friday is also connected to Pentecost. The promise of the Father will be fulfilled because God always keeps his promises. He is never failing. He is unwavering. He is relentless. He even sets his face like flint to his own death, to his own rejection, to give himself to us, to his temple, completely. He wins our hearts so as to change our hearts. And he bids us come and die with him. Father, we pray that you would help us to to do just that. To die to ourselves. To deny ourselves. To take up our cross. And to follow Jesus. Jesus, you are our king. And we thank you for giving yourself completely and fully for our sakes. To redeem us completely and fully. Would you please, by the work of your Holy Spirit, give us the grace to give ourselves to you completely and fully. We love you and we pray in your holy name. Amen.